<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cast from the Crypt. Oh my god, it's happening again. This is the comedy podcast all about Tales from the Crypt and everything we find horrifying and hilarious. And uh, right off the top, I want to just uh, thank you for coming back to listen. I I know. it's It, it was... You were going, ugh, podcast is over. He's never coming back. Something must have happened. He might have he might have tripped all the way down the stairs and landed into the Crypt Keeper's Crypt. And we all know that as soon as you're down there, you're already fucked. You're he's just gonna bore you to death with some stupid stories and all of his puns and you're just gonna rot from the inside having to listen to him. But no. No, I survived the Crypt Keeper, even though, yes, I do still live here in the upstairs of his crazy mansion. Alright, look, so, a little bit about me and what I've been doing this whole time. So, I, I decided I was done. I was fed up. I had to move out of the Crypt Keeper's mansion because it just, it wasn't working out for me. I was too scared all the time. There were ghosts, and there's spider webs, and all this shit. Terribly maintained place, and I wasn't gonna be doing it anymore. So I told him, hey, bro, I'm moving out, looking for a new place. And he said, no, you can't move out. What do you, there's, no, absolutely not. And I'm like, well, you can't, there's no way that you can force me to stay here and live with you, you creepy little mummy ass bitch and he actually did prove me wrong by unleashing a plague on the world called coronavirus and uh it's actually called cryptronavirus uh it, the the proper name for it is supposed to be cryptid 19 but they change it to covid 19 so that they couldn't trace it back to the crypt keeper but i mean i watched him do it so you know but that that kept me inside for you know, a little while, while, while we were all quarantining from it, but eventually I did move, I did finally build up the means to actually get out of there, and I moved into a different mansion, because, you know, I've got, I've got high tastes, I expect a certain quality of life. Little did I know that this mansion was also owned by the Crypt Keeper, so I just pretty much wound up back in the exact place that I was. So, Instead of uh, dwelling on that, I decided to start the podcast back up again and be here, trapped under the Crypt Keeper's mindful gaze because he does leave one of his eyeballs in my room to constantly watch over me. But aside from that, I'm doing great. And I hope that everybody else out there is doing all right, too. And I hope that I can bring you some laughter and some entertainment uh, with whatever you're whatever you're doing right now. And it's and once again, I really do thank you for tuning in again. And I hope that I hope that the podcast doesn't have to take another crazy break like that. Today's episode is actually a pretty good way to you know it's a pretty good jumping off point for the restarting of the podcast because it's not too it's not too out there it's not too ridiculous it's still got a lot to it though 
And it's our third shock suspense story in a row. So we did it. We did it. We finally made it through this gate. The the very last episode, I listened to it again, and uh, I was talking about how we had two shock suspense stories in a row. And looking to, looking into this one, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the third shock suspense story. We actually hit a milestone. So, hey, that's it's it's good news. It's it's already looking good for the restarting of this podcast. All right, don't call it a comeback. We had already been here. We were just waiting for the right time to drop this huge bomb on everybody that we had three shock suspense stories in a row. But being a shock suspense story, this isn't a, uh, it's not like a crazy horror tale. It's more of just, uh, it's just a runaround of what the fuck is going on here, what is happening, and wondering why people just choose to be so creepy with their lives. <laughs> Today's episode is Four-Sided Triangle. It aired May 29th, 1990, and it's, you know, it's a real romantic story about a farm girl falling in love and some, just, just some good old salt of the earth people living on a farm and trying to deal with complicated emotions that normally only city folk have, but now they're now they're struggling to, to to see what kind of Karen there is out there and the the hassles of being in a crazy tangled web of love. Ah, ah, these crazy old kooks out here and their uh, and their weird uh, relationship troubles. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna catch up. We're gonna catch all up with Mary Jo and the fucking weird farmer people right after we get to the top five credits of the episode. This week's top five credits are, um, there's, there's a lot going on in these credits, actually. For an episode with only three people in it, there is some, there's some power behind this the production of this episode so top five credits number five chelsea ross chelsea ross was mr yates the the farmer dude who's uh oh man just helplessly in love even though he's already supposed to be helplessly in love but you know what i who knows it could have just been a work relationship at that point We'll find out. Uh, he was actually in Drag Me to Hell and Bill and Ted's... He's another Bill and Ted alum. Uh, I think he's an officer or something in Bill and Ted. I don't think that he had a huge role in Drag Me to Hell. But you know what? It's good on him. He's in, he's in some classics. Number four is Paul Elliott, the cinematographer of this episode, who... He's done a lot of work. His IMDb page is pretty full, but I, I mean, not much that I had ever seen. Sorry, Paul. I uh, 
I guess I just uh, don't get around to watching too many movies. I never saw The Host. My bad. But uh, the reason that he's on the list today is for Friday the 13th 7. Yep, Friday the 13th, The New Blood. That's the one with the weird little psychic girl. And I think that's the uh, demon butt worm one and takes her over. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, there's way too many of those movies. Hey, good on you for working on one of them. Number three is, well, all right, number number three and two are kind of combined in this because they both worked on the sound of the episode. One of them is the sound mixer, and then the other one's the sound editor. Uh, the sound mixer, James Thornton, worked on another Friday the 13th movie. Actually, Friday the 13th 6, the Tommy Jarvis movie. So we got six and seven right in a row on this episode. He also worked on Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Uh, what? Final Nightmare. Yep, that was Final Nightmare because it's the one, I'm pretty sure it's the one right before Wes Craven's A New Nightmare where uh, Freddy goes and kills all the people who are making another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But this is the one where all of a sudden Freddy Krueger's got a daughter and all this other shit. So he did the sound mixing on that one. And we got another person who worked on Spawn. Spawn is all over this series and I love it because I love that movie. And we need another one. We need another Spawn. It would be so badass. Number two. Number two on our list, another sound designer, Mark Stoenkinger. Stoenkinger? He's the sound editor, and he was the sound editor on a lot of movies. His his IMDb page is pretty stacked. He did what? He did Christmas Vacation. He did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He was the sound editor on that. He did Dark Man with Liam Neeson. He did the original Captain America movie, not these, not the new Marvel ones, the stupid one where he's in the big padded suit and shit, um, face off, and this guy is the sound editor for all three John Wick movies, yeah, this guy, he's their go-to dude anytime a John Wick movie is made to just put in all those explosions and gunshots and shit like that. And finally, the key player of our episode. Uh, so I read, I read an article uh, a little bit ago. Actually, it was it was kind of well timed because I was like, wasn't that the last episode that I watched for the podcast? But it was actually talking about this episode and the person who's in it, and about it being one of the more memorable episodes of Tales from the Crypt. I guess to the fandom, I never watched it, but it was talking about how this was one of Patricia Arquette's first and most notable roles or something like that. I, I don't really remember the article. But yeah, Patricia Arquette is in this. You might know her from a bunch of shit because the Arquettes are just all over the place in media and everything like that. But she was in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, I forget who she plays, but she's also in uh, Little Nicky, 
which is a hilarious movie. And speaking of Little Nicky, she was actually married to another Little Nicky, somebody who we talked about a little bit earlier in the list because of Face Off. She was married to Nick Cage, and I had I never knew this. I had no idea that Patricia Arquette was married to Nick Cage at some point. And then they got divorced, apparently, what, I, I saw it was nine months I read this. That's, that's what I read. It was nine months. And then she got married to the fucking Punisher, Thomas Jane. <laughs> so she's all over the place. And her brother, David Arquette, you definitely recognize him. He's the He was uh, Officer Dewey in Scream. He's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, the, the Arquettes are all over the place. And she really brings it in this episode. Like, it, it's... The, the bit, there's a big, like, twist in the episode and all this other stuff. She's, it's, it's a really crazy episode and she brings a lot to it. And so do the other two characters, really. Like, everybody did great in this episode. So, let's just, uh, jump straight into it. This is season two, episode nine, Four-Sided Triangle. So the episode starts off with the Crypt Keeper doing the whole she loves me, she loves me not thing with the flower petals and you just throwing them on the ground, just killing an innocent flower as he's wont to do while he's wearing a farmer's <laughs> outfit. He's in like the flannels and the hat and it's just like you're supposed to be growing the plants, not destroying them, you monster. It's it's a romance episode because anytime he's talking about love or lust in the dust as he says um anytime he's talking about love or relationships it's gonna be a bad thing it's it's about to be a real bad time it's gonna be weird and sexual like we already know this we already know this as the mo of tales from the crypt we start out on yates farm and so, I mean, they're they're going to be hillbillies. I mean, it we might end up in like a Texas chainsaw sort of thing here. Although I don't know. I saw a clown mask on the when he when the Crypt Keeper opens the book to show the tale. So I don't I, I don't know who knows what's going to happen. We see an old lady hobbling down some stairs and I, I think she's got polio or something. It's it's probably polio because she's got the leg brace and she's got the cane. Polio, another thing like the Escudo that was just wiped out <laughs> in the 90s. So another thing that just dates this show way back. Uh, she's sniffing around. I thought she would smell gas or something. She's like, who's trying to set the house on fire or something? But no, she's just pissed because there's no coffee on the pot. She goes into the kitchen, she's just, like, slapping shit around. She's like, where's my coffee, bitch? Uh, she goes into the room of Mary Jo, their uh, farmhand, I guess that's what she is. I don't know what role she actually serves, but she helps out on the farm. And uh, I guess she doesn't do it that well because this lady's pissed. She just walks into her room and starts beating her with a cane. She's like, where's my damn coffee? You know I like coffee when I wake up. Get in there. <laughs> and uh, so Mary Jo runs out there, starts some coffee and everything. But she's she's no, you know what? Go, go do something useful. Go gather some eggs. And she... <laughs> She throws the basket of eggs at her, 
And while she's still on the ground trying to pick up the basket that was just thrown at her, the this lady's just like, get it going! Why are you still here? It's like, bitch, I'm, I'm grabbing the thing! So, so she chases her out, and Mary Jo goes to do her thing, and she's uh, kind of spotted by some creepy old trucker guy, which I... I thought that it was just some trucker, and then I forgot that they're just on a farm. So, it's Mr. Yates who's checking her out and just being all skeevy. He's at his truck, and he's just like, oh, like cleaning his glasses and looking at her. And uh, she just walks past him. She doesn't even say hi or anything. She just walks past him into the chicken coop. And he's checking her out, looking at her ass as she goes by. So she goes into the chicken coop, and then this dude follows her. He, like, rushes over there, and there's a hole in the back of the wall. So he's all up on, all up against it, just peering in like he's in fucking Porky's or some shit. And uh, it's the middle of the summer, I assume, so it's hot as fuck on a farm. Honestly, I think it's hot as fuck on a farm all the time, even in the winter. For no reason, and it's just I've I've never seen farmers bulked up. I only ever see them in flannel. So she takes off her jacket and everything so that she can work in the barn. And she's titties out. She's all nipply and shit. The see the thing about '90s TV is there are just nipples everywhere. That's I mean it was it was all over the place. They didn't care. They're just like ah oh, yeah, this is what the people want. Uh, fuck it we can no bras on tv we're not doing that shit so she's working she's collecting the eggs and mr yates is just (laughs) just creeping on her she finishes up and so he runs back to his truck to pretend like he was doing anything important And as she's going back to give the eggs to Mrs. Yates, he tells her to go milk the cow. And um, she doesn't want to because she's already in the middle of a job, but she goes and milks the cow. But they uh, set up a little thing where she's looking at the key that Mr. Yates has around his neck. And she's looking at the truck and formulating a plan to, you know, who knows. So she goes to milk the cow, and while she's in there, dude starts creeping up on her again, and he just straight up attacks her. He just he just jumps her, and she flips out, throws a bucket of milk at him, tries to swing the bucket, but uh, he, he grabs her, and he's like wrestling her, and uh, she's screaming. So Mrs. Yates comes out of the house, and she's, whoa, what's all this racket? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so Mr. Yates just smashes a bottle over Mary Jo's head and she's out cold. And then he tries to play it off. He's like, oh, pff, Mary Jo, I, I haven't seen her. You're looking for her? I'm, I got no idea. I was just in here milking cows. Who knows? But Mrs. Yates is like, you don't milk the cow. So what were you doing in there? And she pushes back in there. She's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. But Mary Jo is already gone. So he's, uh, I mean, he's safe. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't get caught blasting a chick across the side of the head with a bottle. Uh, although, I mean, she, you should have seen like the broken bottle pieces on the ground, but who cares? Whatever. 
Mary Jo ran off, so they're gonna go find her. And uh, their their names are George and Louisa, by the way. So Louisa, uh, Louisa tells him, "Yeah, you can't kill the help. You can only beat them." And it's just like, "What? Damn, you guys are terrible employers." They go out looking for her, and uh, they see that she ran off into a field. And George carries Louisa into the field because she's got polio. He just throws her on his back and it just runs out into the field. They go after her and uh, Mary Jo collapses. She, you know, she's the side of her face is all bloody and shit. And she collapses in the field right in front of a scarecrow that has a clown mask on on it for some reason some strange clown scarecrow i mean i guess i guess if you put the main fear of birds together it doubly works you know you you get rid of the crows and the crow clowns so i i guess i guess it's effective and they find her passed out so george is like oh well Whatever she says after after she wakes up, don't listen to her because she's crazy. She's she's suffered some sort of mystery head wound, so don't listen to her. But Louisa is suspicious as she should be because she's like, oh, well, what would she be saying? Oh, I don't know. And so while they're over there, MJ wakes up and uh, oh no! So when she passed out. The clown scarecrow actually reaches down to to grab at her, I guess, and you're you're thinking, oh, well, scary, scary scarecrow clown coming to murder people in the corn. But no, she she uh, sees him reach down for her to take her hand or to take his hand, and then she passes out again. And then when she wakes up, she's she's asking where her man is. Ooh, hey, what happened to my man? Oh, I know my man is around here somewhere. But there's... What? There's there's no man around here. No one's around here for like 600 miles. Nope. Nope. My man's here. Where's my man? So <laughs> so George looks at Lacey. He's like, see? I told you. She's she's stupid. Uh, so, <laughs> so time passes and Mary Jo's making food. Uh, I don't know what she's making. It looks like chocolate pudding. She's just stirring a bowl. I've got no idea what's going on there. But George comes in still just being the creepiest. He he walks right up to her and then just starts smelling her hair. And he's like, oh, mm, you smell good, girl. And uh, she she goes, yeah, I smell good for my man. Mm. He's going to make love to me when I go out into the cornfields next time. Mm. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? Your man? No, no, you don't have anyone. There's there's only us around here. So he he keeps going, keeps trying to grab at her. And Louisa comes in real quick. She's just like, hey. What's going on in here? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> and George, oh, oh, hands up. Oh, I wasn't doing nothing. Mm-mm. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mary Jo tells Louisa that, oh, I was telling George over here not to get too friendly because I've already got a man. And so both of them are just wondering what the fuck this idiot is talking about, about having a man. And Mary Jo describes him. She's, oh, he's... 
he's tall and he's handsome and he's always smiling and he wears a suit and a hat. And of course, he's always smiling because it's a goddamn clown face. What do you mean? The first description should be, oh, he's a clown man in a suit. <laughs> like, but Louisa is just like, get out of here, you fucking idiot. And uh, they're they're talking and they're like, oh, you know, well, I mean, it's a good thing now that she's a crazy person because now she can't leave the ranch. Who's going to take her in? Where is she going to work? Talking about scarecrow boyfriends. And George is all happy about that. He's oh, yeah, she she could stay here forever. <laughs> oh, just being the creepiest ever. That night, George is in bed, tossing and turning, dreaming about eggs and titties. And he wakes up, and he can hear Mary Jo. And she's outside. He looks out, and she's just skipping through the driveway out into the cornfields, going to meet her man. So, of course, he goes, he gets up, and he follows her out there. She goes out there, and she's just hanging all over the scarecrow, just like, ooh, hey, baby, ooh, yeah, I love you, we're gonna fuck. And he sees them out there, so he tries to get in there again, he's, oh, hey, girl, mm. and uh, she fights him off, and he's just getting pissed because, you know, he's, he's not, he's not real, I'm a real man, <laughs> but... He, he just returns to the house after getting rejected again. And Luis is in bed. She sees him come in. She's like, oh, where were you? Oh, uh, uh, the chickens were being disturbed. So I had to go, I had to go find out what was, what was happening out there. And then she also sees Mary Jo coming back from the field. So once again, the suspicion grows. So the next day, or maybe a couple days after that, who knows? Who knows ever how time works in this show? Next time he sees her, she's she's in like white, and she's got the uh, I don't know. She's she's just dressed all differently. She's a little more flowy, and he's wondering what's going on with that. And she thanks him for the compliment. She's ooh, I I'm wearing this for my man. Hopefully he'll like it. Hopefully he'll. Fuck me now that he thinks I'm more attractive. It's like, it's a scarecrow. But <laughs> she says that she's got another date at midnight tonight. So she wanders off and Louisa comes out of the house and she sees her dressed all nice. And she sees George <laughs> just like fogging up his glasses and shit. So she's all pissed. Louisa just stays pissed. She she stabs the uh, a pitchfork into a bale of hay, and she just hobbles back off. So in the nighttime, back in bed, George and Louisa are peacefully going to bed, and <laughs> Louisa Louisa tells him she she tells him she's like, "Hey, bro, I'm not playing. If you cheat on me." I swear to God, I am taking those nuts. She, she's, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing to you that they do to turn bulls into steers, which I, I'm not entirely, because I thought a steer was a girl cow, but that's a sow. So I guess a steer is just a sterilized bull. Who knows? Whatever. She's going to chop his dick off if she, <laughs> if she catches him fucking around. 
And uh, he he's, oh, I, I ain't cheating on you, Luis. And she's like, yeah, I know. Not yet. So George goes to sleep and is once again dreaming about MJ. Uh, they're just, it's not even, it's not even a memory. He's just, it's just, just dreaming about fucking like, that's it. And, uh, <laughs> in the dream, he like rolls her over and then she turns into Louisa and he's like, oh, and it scares him out of his sleep. He's like, oh no, not my gross wife. <laughs> uh, so he, he's just like, fuck it. I'm done with this. I'm going out to the cornfield. We're making it happen. And uh, he's surprisingly loud <laughs> for trying to sneak off from Louisa because you know that she's got the she's got the senses of Daredevil. Like, so he just takes off. Next thing you know, it's just MJ in the field kissing all over the scarecrow and draping herself all over. She's got like a scarf and she's like doing like a sexy dance or some shit. And then the Scarecrow's eyes just open up and you're just like, oh shit, is the Scarecrow alive? But no, obviously, obviously George just jumped into the Scarecrow's clothes. Like, it's it's a weird timing, but, you know, she it seems that she gets there first and then he's already in there. Who knows? Who knows the order of events? But he's in the Scarecrow. It's It's not fooling anybody. So she's over here trying to fuck this scarecrow clown Wizard of Oz mishmash. Like, it's, you know, the the scarecrow's over here thinking in his head, doing a song and dance. If I only had a dick, you know. So Louisa just wakes up by herself. It was bad luck. She probably had to piss or something like that in her sleep, but... Bad luck for George, because nothing wakes up Louisa other than her pent-up rage. <laughs> um, and she notices that George is gone, so she goes out to find him. She sees Mary Jo's gone, too, so she grabs her pitchfork, and she's off to the races. Uh, <laughs> she hops in the tractor and goes out to the field, and the scarecrow hears her... <laughs> hears her coming so he's like oh fuck this and he goes back onto the onto the thing to just pretend to be a normal scarecrow again and mary joe's like no no don't leave me when you're about to do it now please and louisa louisa shows up and she's going what the fuck what's happening over here what where's george where's george at and mary joe's like george isn't here he's nowhere it's just me and my man it's just me and my boyfriend. And Louisa finally loses it. She's like, you don't have a boyfriend. You're an idiot. You're just a simple-minded little fool girl. And uh, and Mary J's, no, no, it's my man. And we're going to make love. And Louisa's like, okay, you think you're going to make love to this? Because it's just a dude made of straw. He's made of straw. And she just starts stabbing the absolute fuck out of the scarecrow with the pitchfork and you just see the eyes widen no oh shit oh and he's staying surprisingly quiet this whole time like maybe maybe that first uh pitchfork hit punctured his lungs so he couldn't do anything about it but he's surprisingly silent while just getting absolutely destroyed 
and uh, he falls dead. <laughs> Luisa sees the the clown mask rolls off, and oh, surprise! It's George, and Luisa's feeling pretty bad. Pre- feeling pretty foolish right about now stabbing her own husband with the pitchfork but uh speaking of getting stabbed with pitchforks uh mary joe is already behind this bitch with the pitchfork and she blasts through this bitch's chest cavity like you you watch it just like oh she almost lifts her ass up (laughs) with michael myers strength over here but, uh, yeah, now they're both dead. And Mary Jo looks at them both on the ground. And I've, I guess she won because she takes the key off of George's neck. And then she's just all happy. And she just skips on out of there. She's like, la da da da, I'm finally free. And then that's how it ends. That's how it ends. She just leaves. So I didn't, I was like, is this. Was this all part of her plan? Did she know that he was so horny that he could, that she could just manipulate him and get him into a specific spot to where Louisa would kill him? Why didn't you just kill him? Why didn't you just lure him out into the cornfield and then stab the shit out of this dude? Why did you need Louisa to do it? But who knows? She She's free. It worked. She's she's a mastermind. She's a mastermind on like Madame Vorna levels. She the only difference between her and Vorna is that she can't actually see the future. She's just so good at putting the pieces in place. And uh that's it. She just she just takes off. Like <laughs> this is this is I guess this is like what thirsty ass dudes on the internet suspect that uh influencer chicks are are trying to do they're just like ah you're manipulating people with your sexiness and god damn it like (laughs) just so much of that and i mean hey if you if you're stupid enough to get stabbed by a pitchfork just because you're trying to fuck then hey i'm sorry dude and so it cuts back to crypt keeper and (laughs) He's in the clown mask. Uh, I I forget what dumbass jokes that he makes for this one. He doesn't have great lines in this episode. But that wraps it up. That's it for this episode. It, it's it's <laughs> it's a weirdly paced episode. It's it's just kind of all over the place and the big twist you kind of see coming a mile away. They they really like foreshadow a lot of stuff in this. Uh, except for the twist that I guess it was planned all along, which is like the main difference between the show and the comic. So let me let me talk a little bit about that here in just a second. It's time for comic versus show. This episode is pulled from Shock Suspense Stories number 17. It is the first story that's in that issue and um honestly it's pretty much an exact rip of the comic like all all of the things happen in the same order um it's the the story is pretty much exactly the same 
the only real differences from this story is that uh, Louisa, honestly, the main difference is the actual characters. Louisa's not, uh, well, one, she doesn't have polio, and two, she's not as terrifying and, like, you know, just disgruntled. She's not yelling at people all the time, just be like, you goddamn fools, I heard you. She's not like that. Uh, she's definitely very suspicious, but uh, she takes all of her anger out at, like, the way end rather than just slapping people around all day. Um, Mary Jo is a little, she's, she's simpler. She's simpler. She's just a simple little farm girl. And she actually does believe that the scarecrow is going to do anything. So, you know, she's, she's a dum dum, uh, a dum dum that they rescued and made work on the farm. And what, let's see. I don't think that she actually like, you know, Oh, no, actually. So the thing is, the whole beginning is different because they don't chase her out into the cornfield. They're, he doesn't smash a bottle over her head. Um, he he just... Honestly, the comic starts in the kitchen afterwards, after all that. So I figure that they just kind of added all that to kind of make the story gel together a little better and to establish George as a real piece of shit. Although he's a huge piece of shit in the comic because literally the first thing that that's going on is just a long inner monologue of George and how he's just, oh, just so horny for this girl and I can't believe and, oh, duh, her luscious locks and her porcelain skin and all that. So it's just a, a, a long description of that. And then he's immediately, uh, the, it's the scene in the kitchen where he's just like all up on her. And he's just, oh, come on, girl. She's like, no, stop. I've got a man. So all of that happens. Uh, there's, like I said, there's no chase into the cornfield or anything. She, It's just kind of already established that she's in love with the scarecrow. And that she keeps going out there to try and entice him so i mean george george dresses up like the scarecrow oh the other big difference of the comic is that she actually fucks this scarecrow it it happens it, they they try to they try to dress it up with all this fancy language but she bones the scarecrow because it's george and, and it's not like in the in the show you know he he hugs her, uh, and that's how she's she knows that oh he's really real. In the comic, she it's it's just like she looks down and she and the scarecrow begins to bulge and she's like oh ooh woo, so and then after that, after they fuck, Louisa shows up and she's like oh what's going on here? Where's George? Blah 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 and. Uh, uh, Mary Jane or Mary Jo is like George isn't here it's just me and my boyfriend we finally made love 
And <laughs> that just that just drives Louisa insane because she's like, I've been listening talk I've been listening to you talk about this stupid man of yours this whole time. You made me think that my husband was cheating on me. You're an idiot. It's just a scarecrow. And then she starts stabbing it. And then it ends on uh, George just being dead. It and it ends on the big reveal that like, oh, but it turns out that she stabbed her own husband because he was there making the dick big. Oh, yeah. And that's the <laughs> that's the whole comic. So that is this episode of Tales from the Crypt, and that's also this episode of Cast from the Crypt. Uh, guys, I really, really, truly do appreciate you coming back and listening. The podcast is back. It, it's gonna, it, it, it might be a little spotty in, in certain cases because I've, I've got a bunch of shit on my end that I've gotta be like taking care of and doing, but I am trying to make more time for this podcast and more time for you. To, so that we can get some better content and more fun stuff out. Before we actually wrap up, it's time for Shriek of the Week. The Shriek of the Week this week um, is actually a Shriek of the Week from a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't have an episode out then. But the Shriek of the Week is all of the fires going on in California. It is terrifying, and people are losing a lot of property and stuff. And the firefighters are coming from all over the place to help us solve our problems. So if you have anybody out in California or you know a firefighter in general, just, you know... Give give some support, whatever you can. I've been I've been donating what I can to the to the relief effort. So if you can if you can do anything to help California, please do. We would greatly appreciate you. And uh, fire is scary, so that's why this is the shriek of the week. All right, everyone. Thank you once again for listening. I've been your host, CJ Roby, because I don't think that I actually introduced myself at the top of this episode, but you can find me on Twitter at CJ Demoka. You can also find me on Twitch at the same place, CJ Demoka, C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. All right, folks, thanks again, and I will see you next week.